It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's the Sports, sports Rush, Rush with Brett Rook. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The Here we go, here we go, taking you home on a Tuesday. It is the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix. Four to six. I am Brett Rump along with Adam Lundy, and we're glad you're with us for this special Tuesday edition of the Sports Rush. Why is it special? Well, it leads us right into the Mastodon's Coaches Show coming up at 6 o'clock. Live from the Holiday Inn, Purdue, Fort Wayne, the Mastodon Grill. In fact, we've only got a couple of these left, so if you want to come out and enjoy some dining, maybe uh, just a drink after work, just hang out with us while we do the show live. You can come on out for men's basketball coach John Kaufman, women's basketball coach Maria Marcasano at the Holiday Inn, Purdue, Fort Wayne, right across the street from the Coliseum. Six to seven is showtime, and if you don't make it in person, you can always listen here at 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. We have a coach. We have a coach. The Indianapolis Colts have named Shane Steichen as the next head coach of the Indianapolis Colts football team. Uh, it was announced earlier today. There were no surprises. There wasn't... Uh, uh, I'm going to take it. No, I'm not. It was Steichen from really about a week ago. We learned quite a bit. They had a press conference earlier today at 1215 where they introduced Shane Steichen to the media. And uh, apparently it was a week ago Friday coming off the bye week for the teams participating in the Super Bowl when uh, Jim Ursay and a few other staffers from the Indianapolis Colts, including general manager Chris Ballard, flew out to Philadelphia to have an in-person meeting. And apparently it started with Jim Ursay taking Shane Steichen to dinner on Friday. And then on Saturday, they followed that up with an extensive interview. And they said they left the interview feeling he was their guy, that he had separated himself from the pack. They kept talking about the half dozen others, the half dozen others. So apparently at that point, they still were focused on about six candidates. And uh, at that moment, I think they had decided he was going to be their guy. And uh, I don't know what the process was as far as working out details of the contract and getting him to say yes. All I know is yesterday a plane went out to Phoenix, picked up Shane Steichen and his family, brought them to Indianapolis. We tracked it. We tracked it the whole way. We know exactly where it was, who they flew over, when they arrived. We were on it. But uh, but anyway, he uh, ended up being introduced at the Colts Complex earlier today as the new Colts head coach. Now, the 
press conference, kind of interesting. It was attended by, among others, Gus Bradley, defensive coordinator. Yet when Shane Steichen was asked directly if Gus Bradley was going to be his defensive coordinator, Shane Steichen's response, we're going to have those discussions over the next couple of days. Now, I would think the Colts want Bradley to return, and I would have guessed that at some point during the process of interviews that members of the staff would have been talked about and that it was pretty clear who was going to stay, who was going to go. Maybe this was just I haven't actually sat down and made sure that he wants to be here, that he'd like to work for me. I haven't laid down what the expectations I have of a defense coordinator. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe that's why he kind of passed the buck and said those discussions will happen in the next couple of days. But I do think it says something that two of the coaches that did attend today's press conference were two coaches expected to stay on staff, and that's Gus Bradley, the defensive coordinator, and Bubba Ventrone, the special teams coordinator. So uh, those two coaches both were in attendance. And uh, along with Jim Irsay, who sat center stage, Chris Ballard to his left and Shane Steichen to his right. The press conference was led by Jim Irsay. It made it kind of clear that the preliminary filtering of candidates, and this reminds me of like America's Got Talent. This is like, you know, your first audition, You it takes place in front of show producers that are never on camera but eventually you get selected to be a stage performer, and that's when you get to go up and do your audition in front of uh, Simon Cowell and company. That's kind of what happened here. Jim Ursay allowed them to filter candidates, get down to the six or so that you think are the best candidates, and then I'll spend my time talking to them. And ultimately, the perception of the press conference is that Jim Ursay was the one who made the final call, yet Chris Ballard, I think, tried to make it sound like it was a joint decision. Jim Ursay's response, in fact, at one point, was kind of like an I left there, I felt like this, I felt this guy was uh, separated himself. And Chris Ballard said, we were really impressed. We, you know, he checked all the boxes. So I think this is certainly Jim Ursay's guy, and that's important, too. Now, I, I think we'd all feel like it's probably more Chris Ballard's job to hire the coach. But remember, one of the things we dealt with over the last five or six weeks was the thought that Jim Ursay wanted Jeff Saturday. So the fact that Jim Ursay went to the meeting, went to the dinner, went to the interview and came out of it believing that Shane Steichen was the guy also tells you by that point he had decided it wasn't the best move to stick with Jeff Saturday. And I think that's that's something that we all need to know, that this guy wasn't hired against the will of Jim Ursay, who wanted Jeff Saturday to be the head coach. Because we all believe that, right? That, that Jim Ursay wanted Jeff Saturday. And so maybe that is when we saw reports last week, after they went through this interview process, Maybe that is why we started to get word that things were not trending toward Jeff Saturday. Remember those reports last week? 
maybe at that point when Jim Ursay actually was swayed to believe that Shane Steichen was going to be a better coach candidate than Jeff Saturday, that maybe Jim Ursay leaked a little information that they were leaning a different direction. Maybe he didn't say it was Shane Steichen, but maybe somebody said, what's the status of Jeff Saturday? I don't know, but it seems like at this point we're leaning a different direction. Who knows what Jim Ursay may have said to somebody in supposed confidence, and that got out to a reporter. But ultimately, the Colts hire Shane Steichen. Now, if you want the book on Steichen, uh, he has coached three quarterbacks primarily in his career. He has coached Phillip Rivers for like nine seasons with the Los Angeles Chargers. Then he coached Justin Herbert for one year, his rookie year with the Chargers. And he's coached the last couple of years with Jalen Hurts out in Philadelphia. He's had pretty good success with quarterbacks. I would say you've got three pretty good quarterbacks that had pretty good seasons under the guidance of Shane Steichen. Now, with the Chargers, uh, he was more a quarterback's coach than an offensive coordinator, although uh, he did take over for half a season calling plays as an interim offensive coordinator with the Chargers before being their full-time coordinator in 2020. Then he was hired uh, as part of Nick Sirianni's staff out in Philadelphia, was the offensive coordinator for the Eagles for the last two seasons, before coming over now to Indianapolis to become the head coach. Uh, he was a guy that at the press conference, first of all, he was very teared up when the press conference started. When they asked him the first question or two, he could barely get out answers because he was fighting back tears. And he had sniffles and he was fighting back tears. Obviously a very emotional day for Shane Steichen. But eventually... They got talk. Uh, they got the talk moved toward football, and of course, he became a little more comfortable when it wasn't about what were your feelings when you got this job, or what were your feelings about coming to the Indianapolis Colts to become the head coach. And so they asked Shane Steichen, "Your vision as far as being a leader and what's important to you in building this team in Indianapolis." I want to build this thing on four pillars. Our culture is going to be built on four pillars, and one's going to be character. Character is very important to me. We want to treat people with respect, and we want to feed the positive and weed out the negative. And number two is the preparation. I truly believe this. The separation in this league is in the preparation. How we prepare as a football team and an organization Monday through Saturday will ultimately dictate the outcome of a football game. Now, is it going to guarantee us a victory? No, but it's going to give us a fighting chance. I promise you that. And number three is consistency. we got to be consistent, and it starts with us as coaches being consistent with our message to the players and telling them exactly how we want it to look and how we want it to be done. And number four is relentless. we got to be relentless in our pursuit to be the best. The best players, the best coaches I've been around are obsessed with their craft, and that's what we want to build here, and that's what we want to get done. That was Shane Steichen, new Colts head coach, talking about building the culture and starting with this Indianapolis Colts team, trying to uh, move it forward. And uh, I thought this was also interesting. They, the questioning was uh, directed toward Jim Irsay and Chris Ballard about the Colts' plans for the draft and on whether or not they want to move up, move down. Uh, are they going for a quarterback? What's going to be the future as far as who the quarterback will be? Jim Irsay. Uh, 
uh, talked about the importance of the quarterback and the importance of this draft. But what's most important here is listen to the little slip-up that Mr. Ursay said about who the Colts might really like. And we are waiting. We're not hiding. You know, no one can shy away from the fact what quarterback means in this league and how we have to look going forward where, where Shane and Chris really, you know, dig into this draft and really see where you're at. Do you stay put? Do you trade up? You know, there, there's many things you can do. Uh, they took Jalen in the second round. So, trade um, back. Yeah, trade back. So, um, he likes that'll picks. Be a, that'll be a Twitter freaking <laughs> he, he likes picks. Uh, 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 although the Alabama guy doesn't look bad, I tell you. Um, but... Uh, uh, it'll be it'll be exciting, and I think that shows um, that we have talent here. Those games, so we're looking forward um, to Shane really coming in and utilizing that talent. Was that a slip up or was that a joke? Uh, the Alabama kid does look pretty good. Um, I don't know, Adam. I, I think Jim Irsay might have just tipped his hand a bit on where the Colts are at in evaluating these quarterbacks that he called out the Alabama quarterback. Yeah, or at least who he would certainly yeah, like, I think, in maybe, the draft. Maybe he's trying to sell Chris Ballard on that idea, but I don't know. It uh, it was a very interesting comment from Jim Ursay at the presser today when the Colts were talking about their interest in getting a quarterback with the high draft pick currently sitting at number four. But again, Shane Steichen, the new coach of the Indianapolis Colts. What does this mean for the future of Jeff Saturday? Well, Jeff Saturday... Went to social media, and we'll tell you what he had to say when we come back from the break. Uh, also coming up this hour, we've got Ken Sterling. I think before we get to the break, though, we've got to catch up with what's happening in the world of sports. And let's go ahead and check today's top headlines. All right, let's do it. Well, some breaking news. The Las Vegas Raiders have released quarterback Derek Carr. The four-time Pro Bowler is now free to sign with any team. He is expected to draw interest from the Saints and Panthers, among other teams. Well, at least Jim Mercer didn't say, that Derek Carr guy is pretty special. (laughs) Two players on the Indiana Pacers, Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald, will be participating in the NBA All-Star Weekend three-point contest this year. Other contestants include Boston's Jason Tatum, Sacramento's Kevin Herter, Miami's Tyler Hero, Portland's Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons and Utah's Lori Markinen. Who you got, Brett? Lillard. No way that anybody beats Lillard. Unless Steph Curry entered, it's going to be Lillard. He hit an insane shot again last night. The highest three-point percentage on that list is Buddy Heald. The Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> Was will... Was that before last night's two for 13 <laughs> performance or after? Because I'm still taking Lillard. The Philadelphia Eagles will be without their current offensive and defensive coordinators next year. You've already heard that the Colts have hired offensive coordinator Shane Steichen. And now the Arizona Cardinals have hired Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon as their new head coach. Wow. Nick Sirianni in a tough position. That's what happens when you have success, right? Yeah, you lose all your coaches. You lose your coaching staff. <laughs> One more for you. Kyrie Irving. And you'll lose your players to free agency. That's usually <laughs> what happens. Look at Tampa Bay. Yeah. I mean, it, that's what happens. Last one here for you. Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic have yet to win a game when playing with each other, as last night the Mavericks lost 124-121 to to the Timberwolves, who held on even as Irving scored 26 of his 36 in the fourth quarter. 
the first three games uh, for Irving with the Mavs were on the road, and he played with Doncic for the first time Saturday night, which was an overtime loss at Sacramento. Well, last night, I don't know if you saw the final play, but down by three, Mavericks had the ball. And Doncic and Irving couldn't decide who was going to take the final shot. It was like hot potato. They, you know, Doncic would get it, he'd give it to Irving. Yep. Irving would get it, he'd give it back to Doncic. Yep. Back to Irving. I mean, it was almost like they were trying to set up each other instead of taking over. They've got to figure that out. I mean, that's something that Jason Kidd's got to, you know, say, hey, final possession, here's the guy. This is what we're running. Even if you run some kind of pick and pop or some kind of action off of it with the two of them, but uh, last night, uh, it didn't work. They never even got a shot down by three for the final possession. That's today's headlines with Adam Lundy. We've got your Pacers tickets to the game coming up tomorrow night against the Chicago Bulls at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. We'll give you a chance to win coming up sometime on the show today. It's also Tuesday, so we've got time capsule trivia and a chance for you to pick up a nice prize package coming up just after 5 o'clock. Of course, we were talking about Shane Steichen is now the next head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, an offensive mind, which already gives the Colts a little bit of a head start. Because if you pick a defensive coach, eh, 50-50 on whether or not they can have success. But offensive coaches have been the most successful coaches uh, as far as the last few years in the NFL. Now, Jim, er, Jim Sa- Jeff Saturday uh, did not get hired. And a lot of Colts fans maybe supported Jeff Saturday. Uh, we thought that Jim Ursay might have preferred Jeff Saturday. But I know there's plenty of Colts fans who felt he was not the guy to get this job long term after going one and seven as an interim coach? And so, uh, how did he take it? Being told that you're not the guy moving forward. Well, in true pro fashion, Jeff Saturday showing a lot of class because it didn't take him long to put out a social media post where he put out a video. And this is what Jeff Saturday had to say about not getting the head coaching job with the Indianapolis Colts. What's up, everybody? Hey, first, I just want to say uh, to the Colts organization, the Colts Nation, how much I appreciate the opportunity. I'm so grateful uh, for the last eight weeks of the season and the opportunity to represent you guys. I appreciate the coaches for all your time, energy, and effort to all the players uh, laying it out there each and every week. I can't tell you how much I respect and appreciate what each and every player, not only for the Colts, but the NFL do uh, and, and what they, they put on the line each and every week. But it was an absolute blessing. Uh, I, I look fondly upon it wish we would have done better but uh ultimately that that is where it is and so uh, i want to wish coach Steichen the best of luck i'm still a huge colt fan and pulling for you guys looking forward to uh hoisting some lombardi trophies and excited for your opportunity so uh for everybody out there including the however many thousand that signed the petition which may have <laughs> included my wife and son not exactly sure but in, in all honesty i'm so grateful for uh, colts nation and who you are uh, to represent the horseshoe it meant the world to me and uh again coach dyke and best of luck to you and your family in indianapolis is an incredible town best fans in the world man you're gonna get the greatest support and uh, look forward to watching your success in the rest of the men in that locker room and the coaching staff that you have with you so to all coach Na- colts nation appreciate you guys love you guys and uh see you soon jeff saturday his response to the colts selecting shane steichen as the next head coach and that could not have been done with any more class than what jeff saturday did 
absolutely that was really his best move as an interim Colts head coach was how he left. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that that may have been better than anything he did while he actually held the position of interim head coach. That was that was terrific. And and uh and, and now he can go back to ESPN. I think ESPN will have him. I don't know that he's going to coach. It sounds like in fact that whole video was shot while he looked to be on a boat fishing, right? Yeah, he was definitely somewhere north with a lake. On a lake? Yeah. He was wearing a hoodie out on a lake. Looked like he was in the middle of a fishing trip. Definitely. And uh, and so Jeff Saturday's response to the Colts hiring Shane Steichen as their head coach. 46862, your thoughts, Colts Nation. What do you think of Shane Steichen as the next head coach of the Indianapolis Colts? 46862, the Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Last night, Indiana women... Man, they are dominant right now. Now, the only problem is you may have a superpower in South Carolina. And uh, because Indiana, I think, is clearly separating themselves as the second best women's college basketball team in the country, playing in a very competitive Big Ten conference. They continue to roll. Last night, it was against Ohio State by a final score of 83-59. to a 24-point win for the Lady Hoosiers. Mackenzie Holmes leads the way, 33 points on, get this, 15 of 18 shooting from the field. In fact, Indiana, I think, hit 70% from the field in the first half in building a big lead. Uh, Sarah Scalia, she was 6 for 8 from 3. That's right, 6 for 8 from 3. And she, if you remember, was brought into the program for what? Three-point shooting, delivering, knowing her role, and executing. Uh, she had 24 points. Indiana is now 24-1. and one. Up next for the Lady Hoosiers, they host Michigan, ranked number 12 in the country, coming up on Thursday night. Meanwhile, Indiana men, they've got a tough trip. Ask anybody who follows Purdue because Indiana has to go to Northwestern for a game coming up tomorrow night. And you know who Indiana has to game plan around. It's got to be that Northwestern guard, Boo Booey. I was waiting for you to get that name drop in at some point here. Gotta, gotta be prepared for Boo Booey. You can't be scared of Boo Booey, but you got to be prepared. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> you got to fight, not fright. Boo Booey. Northwestern Wildcats guard. Chase Audige from the perimeter. A couple of veteran guards for the Northwestern Wildcats who yeah. probably have overperformed uh, according to what their projections were this year. But uh, but that's a solid team. I mean, and another another guy who's been very important to Northwestern is Brooks Barnheiser. Uh, he, uh, I had a chance to visit with him. I don't know if I told you this story down in uh, Cancun. Because remember the Cancun Challenge, Northwestern and Purdue and Purdue Fort Wayne were both part of the Cancun Challenge, and so when we had the big dinner down in uh, in Cancun, uh, I ran into Brooks Barnheiser and Greg Rakestraw, who's voice of the IHSAA Champions Network and of course the Indianapolis Colts post game radio host. Uh, he's often on our program. Greg had told me that he was good friends with uh, with his dad. And that uh, I should say hello. So I stopped him and said, hey, I know you don't know me from Adam, 
but I know Greg Rakestraw. I did I did a serious name drop. Yeah. I did. You got to pull out my name. Oh, gotta, man. Got to drop a name when you can. And so <laughs> immediately that got his attention, and he was willing to talk to me for a few minutes. You know, I go to these functions, and I'm the old guy that has no friends. Um, not that you couldn't relate to that. But uh, I'm the... I'm the guy that sits basically at the table just hoping one of the players comes over and sits somewhere in the eight t- seats around me. Um, it, it's a little different for me. And uh, and so I actually talked, probably talked to Barnheiser more than I talked to any of the Mastodons on that trip. <laughs> but we had a nice little visit. But he's he's been, because he's a versatile guy. He's a tall guard. He can guard the three. If you have to, he can probably guard the four. He's like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Uh, out of, uh, I believe, Lafayette. And uh, and so, anyway, that's what Indiana's got up next. That is On the Road coming up tomorrow night. And, of course, coverage for Indiana basketball against Northwestern can be heard on our sister station at Big 92.3 FM. Once again, coming up on the show, we've got Pacers tickets for you. We've got more about Shane Steichen, new Colts head coach, And we'll play some Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia. That all comes up before we wrap things up at 6 and turn it over to the Mastodons Coaches Show live from the Holiday Inn, Purdue-Fort Wayne, across from the Coliseum, presented as always by Diamond Residential Mortgage. We'll have that from 6 to 7 o'clock right here at 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Up next, our favorite guest. Yes, we've got the one, the only, Kent Sterling, joining us on the other side of the break. This is the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. This is Maria Marcasano, head women's basketball coach at Purdue Fort Wayne, and you're listening to the Sports Rush with Brett Rump on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. on women fell last night to Cleveland State, the first place team in the Horizon League, and it was... Kind of disappointing. Even though this team was picked to finish lower part of the Horizon League, you would have expected that they'd have been blown out by a team as good as Cleveland State, who is like 24-3 and on the year. But uh, you leave almost disappointed they didn't win it because all they had to do was hit a few shots and uh, had a horrible night shooting threes. If they'd have hit some shots, they would have actually gotten an upset much like they did just uh, a week or so prior against Youngstown State. Talking about Shane Steichen as the new Colts head coach. And joining us right now on our guest line out of Indianapolis, of course, he is the host of KentSterling.com, which is an appropriate place to put him because his name is (laughs) Kent Sterling. Kent, good afternoon. What we lack in creativity (laughs) in naming, we make up for in content and energy. That's I, what we do, Brett. I really, you know, it could be Sterling Silver or something. You know, you could play on that name, but no, it's just Kent Sterling. Uh, but, uh, Kent, let's talk a little bit about the big news today and Shane Steichen becoming the Colts head coach. I don't have as much fun as you. I don't have bells to ring. I want to ring some bells. Well, Let's see, let's see if I can. Where where are my bells? My bells are there. They are. Goodness <laughs> sake! All right, there we go. I think ring this the- deserves. <laughs> yes, I think it deserves a bell ring. Uh, <laughs> that the Colts actually picked an offensive coach, and his name isn't Jeff Saturday. You know, I I think that it, it either needed to be Steichen or it needed to be Callahan, and uh, I I hope they got the right one. They introduced him today. Jim Irsay, of course, was long-winded 
and kind of meandering in his comments because that's what he does. Uh, Chris Ballard was, I think, excited to have it all behind him. And Shane Steichen, I, I still have not seen him smile, but he sure seemed happy. I, he was crying, but I don't see him smile. And, and he seems like at least he says the right things. You know, and, and virtually everybody says the right things. It's going to be a matter of whether he can do it or not, whether he can get buy-in from the players, whether schematically he can be creative enough to get the most out of whoever their quarterback is. And that's really how this team is going to wind up winning, sinking, or, or, you know, they're going to sink or swim based on quarterback. And so getting an offensive guy like Steichen makes sense. Uh, I didn't think he was a home run at the press conference. I think we want a relatable guy in Indiana, a likable guy that's a really good football coach. And he looked a little too tough to me. He looked New Jersey to me. Yeah, and and there is that. And, you know, I looked online where I Googled him, and then you go to the images, and I kept trying to find pictures of him smiling. And there are no pictures, there's no photographic evidence that this man can turn his mouth into a smile. That said, if he can win games and give us a reason to smile, that's all the smiling I need. The uh, I thought an interesting part of today's presser may have been uh, a little slip-up, maybe, from Jim Irsay when he dropped in how impressed yeah. he's been with that Alabama kid. Uh, what did you think of that? <laughs> and And he did say, you know, trading up. And then Ballard kind of chimed in and said, well, or trading back. Um, it, until Chris Ballard buys the team from Ursay, I'm going to take Ursay at his word <laughs> and believe that the, the Colts are trading up and they're going to go after uh, Bryce Young because that's, you know, Jim, everyone, Jim has got to drive people on that staff completely crazy because you can't, you, you can't tell him to do anything or not to do anything. And you know that at some point in every single public exposure that he has, he's going to say something that needs to be explained down the road and, and that's going to kind of paint you into a box. And if they don't draft Bryce Young, if Beller doesn't draft him or trade up to get him, and he winds up being the stud of this draft, then he's going to look like a moron who didn't listen to his owner. Jim Irsay, if, I, I don't know, nobody's really got his ear over there. But if somebody did, and they pulled him aside and said, Jim, we would really prefer if you don't have access to a microphone during any ceremony whatsoever, just stand in the back and clench your fist, do that. If they had somebody who could get that kind of buy-in from Jim or say, I think the entire organization would stand and applaud that person's efforts. What's funny about that, now that you bring it up, uh, I was mentioning this earlier, that the setup for the stage, the way they put the seating, I said, I thought I was looking at the king, the prince, and the pauper. And unfortunately, Chris Ballard was the pauper. Uh, I mean, it just seemed that way with Jim Irsay front and center of the press conference. You know, Ballard always seems a little bit awkward when he's outranked. Yeah, you know, right. I think it's kind of like Patton with Eisenhower. He just doesn't really know how to follow. He does know how to lead, but he doesn't know how to be subservient. And that's the role he needs to play until, again, he buys the team, which is never going to happen. But Jim Irsay is always going to be the guy in charge. That's always going to make Chris Ballard really uncomfortable because he can't control him. And the Colts are always going to have to do some explaining after Jim Irsay says what he says. And today was certainly no different.
One thing I took away that was very important was I think Jim Ursay expressed his buy-in for Shane Steichen because we all believe that Jim Ursay's guy might have been Jeff Saturday. But Jim Ursay said publicly after dinner and after the interview, he was convinced Steichen was the guy. Yeah, that was interesting. I, I and you would you would know if that wasn't the case. If if Jim Ursay had stood on his desk and said, I want Jeff, I want Jeff, meaning Saturday, I, I think we'd have been able to see that, and he might have said something like that. But, you know, he, I listen to my people, and my people are the football people. He would have said something like that. We So we hire Shane, and we know he's going to be a good – we only had winners during the interview process. He would say stuff like that, but he seemed genuine in his praise and his buy-in about Steichen, and that's, you know – like and everybody who's worked in in any organization with any kind of hierarchy understands how toxic it can be if the two guys in charge don't agree on on a hire like this. But it seems like they did, and and I'm betting that the people involved in that hire, all of them, whether it's Thursday Ballard, the you know Ed Dodds, uh, Morocco Brown, all those guys in the front office. I think they had to breathe a sigh of relief when everybody came to the same conclusion. At least that's our that's our takeaway, and and I would bet that that's the way it went down. When asked about Gus Bradley and his role on the staff, he said, yeah. we're going to have those discussions in the next couple of days. I thought, I can understand he doesn't want to profess publicly that Gus Bradley is the coach unless he's had a chance to sit down and actually talk to Gus Bradley. But it did lead to a little bit of an awkward moment with Gus Bradley there in the room. It was, and it was really the only question of Shane Steichen that I'm not going to say made any sense, but that really needed to be asked because the, the Colts have refused access to Gus Bradley to other teams who want to hire him or interview him for a defensive coordinator position. So you would think, or I, at least I didn't until today, that Gus Bradley was kind of the de facto defensive coordinator moving forward. But I guess they've got to get that deal done, and, and that's going to require a conversation between Steichen and Bradley. And whether that's at Bradley's request or whether that's Steichen's address or uh, whether his request, I'm not really sure. But I thought it was really interesting. I thought they'd come out today and say, yeah, the defensive staff is going to remain intact. Uh, but that's not the way it went down. They have a good defensive staff. Richard Smith is a terrific linebackers coach. Ron Millis is a really good DBs coach. I thought Mike Mitchell did a good job as, as the assistant DB coach, kind of the assistant safety coach. I, I like that defensive staff and, and we'll see if, if Steichen can keep it together. I would assume that he will, but I, that was really interesting to me. Where is this going to leave the offensive coordinator role? Do you hear any names at all as possibilities that might join Shane Steichen with Shane Steichen being an offensive mind and a guy who's probably going to be the play caller? He is going to be the play caller. He said that in the press conference, and I was really kind of surprised by that. Um, Maybe that is something that he's really good at. The thing, you know, when Sirianni went to the Eagles, he called the plays, I think, for the first five games that he was there. And he was like, you know what? We're going to have Shane Steichen do it. And Steichen took over, and all of a sudden that offense really got traction, and they started playing very well. So one of two things was going to be true. It was either that Steichen 
has a, a unique capability of calling plays and that that's something that you'd like to utilize uh, as he's now become a head coach with the Colts, or he realized how important it is to have an offensive coordinator call the plays and have the head coach just be the head coach. If I were an offensive coordinator, it, it really wouldn't bother me to, to have the play calling rest and uh, have that responsibility be borne by the head coach because we've seen guys get hired out of that role before into head coaching positions, and Nick Sirianni's one of those guys. Wright called the plays. Sirianni was the OC, and Sirianni gets hired by the Eagles, and he's had nothing but success. And being an offensive coordinator is a stair step toward being a head coach. And, and so I don't think that it's necessarily a negative that you don't have to call the plays. So I think that, you know, the, the Colts are kind of in play for a lot of good offensive coordinators, especially guys who are out of work. As If you're not an offensive coordinator at this point, I, I think most of the teams kind of have their staffs buttoned up, and you're eager to get that role, and you're eager to get paid in that role. So I think the Colts are going to be okay. In, in the talent pool that they have available to them. You know, Ken, I said earlier, the best move that, that Jeff Saturday ever made as an interim coach is when he got replaced as an interim coach. I thought the video was fantastic. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And you know what, Jeff, Jeff, at every single point in his career, has been a class act and a great guy and easy to like. You know, even when he was an unknown and we hired him at WIBC to kind of be our cold, uh, you know, roster guy analyst on Monday mornings, uh, and, and nobody knew him, but it was so clear that he was the right guy. You know, there was no marquee value to him at all. He was a, an anonymous offensive lineman at that point, and he just exuded class and honesty and charisma and kind of that regular guy sort of heft that you've got to have to be able to communicate on the radio. Jeff was terrific at that, and he's been terrific everywhere he's gone in doing everything he's done, except being a football coach. <laughs> so I would assume, you know, he's gonna he's gonna move on and and continue a great media career or whatever he does. I think he's gonna be a great success. We'll see. Of course, uh, we've got to change topics to Indiana basketball. First of all, we already mentioned the women got a huge win last night. Boy, they are just yeah. rolling. Uh, they are they are so deep. They've got so many different players that can beat you. Uh, scoring the basketball, Mackenzie Holmes, Sarah Scalia last night. But we've got to talk about men's basketball. Yeah, those bells are getting a workout in your videos, Kent, uh, because Indiana basketball just keeps rolling up some W's. In fact, yeah, ring the bells for the Hoosiers. Uh, because, uh, in fact, I think, and if I'm not mistaken, and I'm not mistaken, I just verified, Indiana is the only Big Ten team without a loss in February. Uh, ring the bell for that one, Kent. That deserves a bell ring right there. Indiana, the only unbeaten in the month of February, and they take on a team that's also won three in a row but did have a February loss, and that's Northwestern. Um, Indiana had a great, gritty win against Michigan. It's something we haven't seen much from the Hoosiers over the last couple of years, but they found a way to get one against the Wolverines. Yeah, they first time they've won up there since 2016. And, and I, you know, while Indiana won that game, I really thought that Michigan went out of their way to kind of lose it, not scoring over the last five plus minutes. 
they were just they appeared to be horribly coached and and filled with a bunch of selfish players who don't communicate and don't play together well at all and indiana took advantage of it and they stole in because they kind of hung around you know in the first half they could have got blown out they didn't they kept it to a four-point deficit at halftime tamar bates had a couple of chances to cut it to two couldn't get it done but they were close enough that when minnesota went really really cold Indiana was there to capitalize, and, and now against Northwestern, they've got an entirely different challenge. Adige and Boo Booey, those guys are really, really smart, and, and that Northwestern team executes at a high level. They don't have the athletes, and they don't have Trace Jackson Davis, but they have a togetherness, and they have a belief in one another, and they execute at a really high level, and teams that execute at a high level they can kind of be a problem for Indiana. So we'll see what happens tomorrow night. It wouldn't surprise me to see Indiana win because right now I think they don't believe they can lose. And that that's halfway to winning. I, I think Indiana could win that game, but it wouldn't surprise me at all to see them lose. I'd love that they're 9-5. and five. You know, they got six games left in the Big Ten season, and they really need to go. If they go 3-3, three and three, they get to 12 and 8, and I think 12 and 8 gets them a top four seed in Chicago at the Big Ten tournament. And I think it probably gets them a top four seed in the NCAA tournament, or at least close to that. And that should be the goal for these guys. Yeah, I think uh, the goal has to be to wear white the first round of the NCAA yeah. tournament. That, that to me, um, you know, get there, earn the spot where you can go out there with your home jerseys on. I tell you, Northwestern is one of those teams that you look at them and you think, okay, we can beat this team. And then they just keep coming up with W's. They, that team just has some type of a ability to beat you when you can't figure out how they do it because it's not the most talented team, but they, but they do play together. They've got a great senior leader in Boo Booey. Um, yep. and, and so you look at them and you think, well, Indiana's got a good chance to go into Northwestern and win, like Purdue. They should never get beaten by Northwestern. But there's something about Northwestern. There's a character in that ball club. Yeah, and as we saw, they know how to close games. They finished that game against Purdue on a 17-3 to run, and that should never happen. If you've got Zach Eady, you should never get outscored 17-3 to during any portion of the game especially the last five minutes, that's where he can be a really effective closer and keep people from getting to the rim against them, uh, you know, on the offensive end. But it didn't happen that way. And, and Northwestern is kind of that menace in the Big Ten. I, I don't know whether the Big Ten's really down this year. I don't know whether from, like, second to 11th they're really mediocre or if they're just really, really good and really well-coached. You know, I, I think it's the best coached league in college basketball. And, and you see it kind of again and again and again. Indiana going up and playing against Chris Collins. I, a lot of times I worry about the NBA guys and, and their migration of the college game because the college game is different. And some guys like Juwan Howard don't adjust really, really well. But it seems like these guys are playing pretty well for Woodson. And, and we'll see what goes on tomorrow night. But I think Race Thompson and his availability is kind of a big deal it, because you can't trust Malik Renew to stay on the floor. And Jordan Geronimo isn't 100% healthy. And so without Race Thompson, you got a lot of minutes down low that kind of go unclaimed. And I don't know who plays for them if not Renew and Geronimo. 
And I don't know how effective those guys can be combined over 40 minutes. Tamar Bates is one of those players that gives dark-haired guys gray hair and gray-haired guys a bald head, isn't he? I mean... (laughs) He really is. You know what? There are times when he's just beautiful. Like, he knocks down shots. When he gets his feet right and, and he gets his shoulders square, he can flat shoot with anybody. But he doesn't do that altogether too often. He gets, he's out of place on the defensive end a lot. He's skinny, so he can't defend everybody who you try to match up against him. And, and that's kind of what Indiana is. Geronimo does the same thing for me. Like Geronimo is out of position as often as he's in position on the defensive end. And then every once in a while you see him do something. You're like, oh, the switch is flipped. <laughs> this guy has suddenly figured it out. And they say, oh no, it was a mirage. He hadn't figured it out at all. He just happened to be in the right place at the right time by good fortune. But, you know, you're absolutely right. And that's what's kind of what bit them during that period where they were one and four in the Big Ten. It had been sort of a lack of, a, a lack of depth where you had understanding of a role. And that's what the women do so well. And, and I'm really glad, like, they've stolen, stolen. They borrowed a couple of plays from the women, yeah. and it's worked for them. And, you know, I, I, I hope they're watching the women play because the way the women play, that's how Indiana played when it won national championships. And that's what Indiana is going to have to do to make a good run during the month of March. Yeah. Amen. They, uh, the women seem to value every single possession. Yep. You can just tell the importance they put on every possession. And sometimes you look at the IU team, the men's team, and you wonder, do they understand how important this possession is? Yes, it's a five-point game, but it'd be a lot nicer if it was seven or eight. Uh, can't always enjoy having you. It's always great to chat with you, and we look forward to the next time we get that opportunity to do so. You're the best, Brett. Thanks. That is Ken Sterling joining us on the guest line, and we've got to get to a break coming up. We've got a chance to play some Tuesday Time Capsule trivia and up for grabs. We've got Pacers tickets for the Pacers and the Chicago Bulls down in Indianapolis, Gamebridge. Field House. That's coming up after the top of the hour. You're listening to the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media.